1: Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD, or congenital heart defect, community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna
0: Jaworski and the host of Heart to Heart with Anna. We are in Season 8 of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Care for Adults with Congenital Heart Defects, and today's show is Taking Charge of My Health. Our guest is CHD Warrior Carrie Kosabowski. I'm so excited that we are starting season eight. We have such an exciting show for you today. Carrie Kosabowski is a transposition of the great artery survivor. She had a Mustard procedure at four years of age and then no medical interventions until she was 42 years of age. Suffering from depression, Carrie gained a lot of weight and was ultimately diagnosed with stage two congestive heart failure or CHF. She was told the reason for the diagnosis was high blood pressure, depression, and obesity, and she was put on Lasix, aramacryl. To Carrie's dismay, even after she started losing a modest amount of weight, her heart was having trouble, and her doctor contacted her with concern regarding two episodes of ventricular tachycardia, also known as VTAC. That's rapid heartbeat, and it's potentially life-threatening. While Carrie's heart was at rest, this VTAC was going on. Her doctor immediately put her on amiodarone, in addition to the other drugs that she was already taking, and recommended a heart catheterization within a year. Her doctors felt her best course of action was an implantable cardioverter, defibrillator, or ICD. Carrie disagreed. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Carrie.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this.
0: Well, I am too, Carrie, and I'm so happy you can be here. I was so surprised to see that you were born with transposition of the great vessels but didn't need surgery until you were four years of age. So, of course, I went out and did some research, and I saw that about 25% of people who are born with TGV or TGA – also have a defect known as a VSD or a ventricular septal defect. So I'm guessing that you must have had a VSD also and that's what allowed you to live as long as you did. Is that true?
2: Yes, I was born in 1971 and the way my parents had described it was it was a hole the size of a silver dollar in my heart which kept me alive now i don't know too much of the particulars because i spent the first month of my life in sick kids alone as unfortunately my birth mother was made to put me up for adoption i spent my first month of my life alone and so before i came to my forever family sterling edwards pulmonary banding procedure was performed i just don't know when wow that's amazing
0: <laughs> that <they would laughs> thank both- you
2: well, Yeah, no, I, mean, I know it's kind of shocking, but it, it, it happened.
0: Yeah, so your birth mother was overwhelmed, and she just left you at the hospital?
2: No, actually, she wanted to keep me, and up to three days before I was born, she was fighting them and her parents, and then I guess they had an inkling that there was something wrong with my heart from whatever scans they were doing or whatever tests, and they said it will be hard for a single woman to take care of a normal baby, your baby has a heart defect. You will not be able to take care of this baby. And they actually told her they had a family lined up, but when the family found out about my condition, they backed out. So she had no idea that I was alone. See, I found her when I was 30, and we're very close now, so we've had a lot to talk about, and it wasn't her fault. And, she, no, she didn't panic and leave. So, Wow.
0: Well, it sounds like she did the most loving thing she could do for you at the time.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Wow, so you have quite a story. I could have you on three different shows. It's just amazing. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Thank it's you, so- yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, no, I know. I, I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I, I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. I don't take anything for granted. And, yeah, I I don't take anything for granted. So, <laughs>
0: No, and I don't think any of us can. I think that's one of the things that we learn living in the CHD community is that you can't take anything for granted. But it seems to be like you've learned that on a number of levels. So tell me, yes. Carrie, did you have your procedure before the arterial switch procedure became popular?
2: Well, my operation itself was in 1974. By the time I was adopted, so or 1975, sorry, because uh, I was four years old. So I'm not 100% sure how popular it was. I know it wasn't done by Dr. Mustard himself, but I believe it was done by one of his apprentices, Dr. Trussler. So it was, I would say, it was still in pretty early stages.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Amazing. Well, yes. I can't believe that you lived here almost 40 years without any other medical intervention. What was your quality of life like in your teens and 20s and
2: 30s? Well, after my operation, my family never put any kind of limitations on what I could do, never told me, oh, you got to be careful, or handled me with kit gloves. I did tap dancing, jazz dancing, Scottish dancing, horseback riding, swimming. I always thought I was cured because I was ignorant to my condition. So even through my 20s, my girlfriends and my guy friends, they all loved to go clubbing, and I would stay out all night clubbing. Now, I wasn't a drinker. I was a little bit of a smoker, like just normal cigarettes. But, yeah, I mean, I would stay out until 5 o'clock in the morning, and I never felt any adverse effects. And I could go to work the next day and work a physical job. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You really let Well, the doctors had said, sorry, the doctors had said that I was one of the best recovered musters they had seen. So that's why also at the time I thought I was cured and not just helped along kind of thing. Right, right. That is just amazing,
0: and how inspiring that you had this procedure way back in 1975 when it probably was still in its infancy, and yet you had such a fantastic recovery that you were able to live a life without restrictions. It sounds to me like you didn't even take any medication at that time.
2: No, no. The first medication I ever was put on was when I was 42 with the Lasix, but yeah, Dr. Tressler, he's the bomb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Wow. So what made you all of a sudden become depressed in your 40s, Carrie?
2: So I had been laid off from a job that I really liked. I went to another job and it was all right. It was fast paced and I'm good with that. But then a couple of months into working there, my father passed away unexpectedly. And the same week my dad passed away, my mother was diagnosed with dementia and then a couple of months after that, she started suffering a series of strokes. And then after that, a new person started managerial position at my work. And I was subjected to quite severe workplace bullying. So it all snowballed and the stress got on top of me. Oh, my gosh.
0: Well, I can certainly see why you would get depressed. So it had nothing to do with your heart.
2: No, 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 not at all. I mean... The cause and effect of, well, my husband and I were taking care of my mother. She was living in the house with us and that was very hard because she was a very belligerent dementia patient and she was up all hours of the morning and, like, I wasn't getting rest and then I would go to work and I would have to deal with the stuff at work that was going on that was not good, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started not being able to wake up in the morning. Like, all the symptoms of severe depression I totally went through, and my blood pressure because of all the stress, it hit. I think it was 145 over 90. So it's high.
0: I mean, it's not life-threateningly high, but especially for somebody who's been living a normal life for so long, that's got to seem really high. Yes. Yes. So scary, though, that if you didn't want to get out of bed when it seems like you were pretty jubilant before that and a real go-getter, and so for you to not even want to get out of bed in the morning. That's a pretty dangerous... Yeah, that's a pretty... Serious oh, yeah. Time. No,
2: it was hard. I felt tired all the time. I, I think that's why the doctors thought it was more heart-related than depression-related. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when they started kind of panicking about all of that, and I was also having panic attacks, so I did end up in the emergency a couple of times thinking it was my heart, mm-hmm. when really I think it was actually panic attacks. But by then, I was 186 pounds, and I'm only five foot two, and... Like I said, I was experiencing all this sleeplessness, but so tired, and like all the classic symptoms of depression. So they actually started running tests for the congestive heart failure, and they sent me to a cardiac psychologist named Dr. Kovacs. She was awesome.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad we're ending on a little bit happier note, because it was starting to get a little... Black there. <laughs> I, know. I, do take a social break. I don't want everyone to be shedding tears while we go to commercial breaks. Don't leave <laughs> yet. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back we're gonna to talk to Carrie about what actions she took when they told her she'd need an I C D when we come back from this week's commercial break.
1: The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more
0: to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is taking charge of my health, and our guest is CHD warrior Carrie Kosabowski. Carrie is a transposition of the great artery survivor, and she's been telling us about her first open heart surgery and how she came to be told that she had a condition that, after living years, where she thought that she was cured. And I hear this so much from adult survivors, Carrie, that they didn't realize that their heart condition is really a lifelong situation that they need to keep an eye on. And so I find it interesting. Every time I hear it again, I think, wow, so many people think that they're cured. And I wonder how many people have fallen through the cracks and how many people were missing out there who just don't even realize that the whole CHD community is online. But Carrie and I are Facebook friends, and I saw a post that she wrote, about taking charge of her life, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to have Carrie on the show. She has such a positive story. So let's talk about your journey. Carrie. you were just starting to tell us that you had gained some weight, and so why don't you take us a little bit through that journey, how you found out that you were going to need an ICD.
2: So once they started telling me about the congestive heart failure and putting me on this medicine, I don't think from 2013 to April 2nd, 2015, there was not one day that I didn't feel devastated. I didn't cry. I didn't worry about waking up the next morning, thought I would be dead in a couple of months and worried about my son and my husband, you know, leaving them. it was a very emotional time. But when I got that call on April 2nd and they said they saw the VTAC and that I would need an ICD and they wanted to do one of those tests where they try and trip off the ventricular tachycardia to see where it was coming from, I said, you know what? No more. No more. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I mean, my parents used to tell me what a fighter I was. And I had lost that fight, and I knew at that point I had to find that fight again. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's inspiring. Okay, so you've been dealing
0: with depression and panic attacks. You're overweight. Now you've been told, okay, we want to put an ICD in you, and you say, no, that's it. What did you do?
2: Well, with support from my family, my friends, and my boss, my boss, Susan Hallam, she's amazing. She said, okay, you know what, every lunch we're going to go for a walk. Because at that point, I couldn't walk from my car to my desk without having to stop to catch my breath. And that was only a two-minute walk. So we started walking and we took five minute walks at lunch and then we took 10 minute walks and we slowly built my stamina up and then my husband would take me walks after work. I know I'm making myself sound like a doggy. And then walks became yoga with my boss Susan and yoga became riding the bike, the stationary bike for 20 minutes. And all the while since April 2nd, I'd been using my fitness pal. Uh Just to track my salt intake because I was worried about the salt and I started tracking my exercise and now I'm up to about two and a half hours of exercise per day, five days a week. That is just amazing. I actually use
0: the MyFitnessPal app as well. I love it. I think it's really great. It allows you to track what food you're eating what exercise you've done, how much water you take in. That's something I'm really guilty of is not drinking enough water. And I live in Texas. It gets
2: hot. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. (laughs) It's bad. I know.
0: When I have that app, it reminds me, Anna, you haven't entered any water for a while. And so yeah, no, me. I know.
2: It, I didn't even realize to enter my water at first, so I was much like you. Even though I was on a fluid restriction, I wasn't drinking enough fluids even for my restriction. And then when I started using that, and I noticed that actually also helps with your weight loss, right? And, oh, yeah. and you know, it, it kind of became like a game using that and a very addictive game. I know. <laughs> right, because then you're trying to keep the salt as low as you can. You're trying to keep your good vitamins as high as you can. You're trying to beat your score with the calories you burned that day on the next day. Like, it's a good app.
0: I think so, too. And when you go out to eat, what I love about that app, and we're not making any money off of this, listeners.
2: <laughs> yeah, free really, anymore. right?
0: So <laughs> go out and get it. It's free. But what I love about it is even if I go out to eat, a lot of the restaurants, especially the chain restaurants, they have the calories for their items on the app. And so you may want to choose the fettuccine Alfredo until you look at how many calories it's going to be and Then you say. Oh, oh yeah, think, it really holds
2: you accountable. Salad. Like I, I, I've, I've looked at stuff and I've said, oh, I can't have that. That's got 1,500 milligrams of salt right. I,
0: right.
2: and I won't touch it. hmm and that's what I love so,
0: about it. It's almost like you have an accountability coach with you all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Use it religiously. And, and this is what will happen. I'm telling you. <laughs> well,
0: it's sounds like as great as the app is having that support network. So I'm guessing the boss who took you for a walk is not the boss that was bullying you. This is a
2: different. No, boss. no. See, work. I had changed jobs at that point. I had decided that It was best to remove myself from that situation, and I was very lucky to be accepted by TJX Canada, and they hired me, and I love my job there, and the people there are so amazing and so supportive, you know? Yeah, it sounds like
0: your boss was an angel sent to watch over you. Oh,
2: she's she's amazing. She's amazing.
0: Well, this is another positive note for us to end on real quick. We take another quick commercial break but don't leave yet listeners because coming up next we're going to talk to Carrie about how much weight she's lost and whether or not she still needs that ICD so don't leave yet we'll be right back
1: Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event go to heart 2 com to learn more about booking Anna for your event You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today.
0: Our show Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart effect community. Today's show is Taking Charge of My Health, and our guest is CHD warrior Carrie Kosabowski. And Carrie is just an amazing transposition of the great artery survivor who has been telling us about how she took charge of her life after she was told she would need an ICD or implantable cardiodefibrillator. And I know that those devices carry are life-saving devices. So we don't want people to think that they're a bad thing, but I think it's pretty amazing to me that you decided, now it's time for me to take charge of my life. I don't want to go that route. And so why don't you tell us how much weight you've lost since you started your journey?
2: So since April 2, 2015, I've lost 62 pounds, and I've lost 12 inches of fat around my body. That is amazing. And so what did the doctor <laughs> say about the ICD now, Carrie? So they were pretty gobsmacked. Um, the one guy who really wanted to put the ICD in me was looking at all the tests and saying he didn't understand, this is remarkable, unbelievable. And the director of all of cardiology, Dr. Oshlin, another gentleman who's on my cardiac team, he hugged me twice and he said, this is what it's all about. And even his fellow who I had never met before because he had read over my history was like, I can't even describe, I felt like a rock star.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is just Fabulous. I mean, yeah, yeah. So he said
2: no, way. ICD. So
0: oh my god, not right no. now.
2: That's just
0: amazing. To me, this is just proof positive of the mind over body phenomenon.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, I had to fight. I want to see my son get married one day. I want to be a grandmother. I want to retire with my husband. I want to retire from a job that I love. I want to grow old with my friends, and you know. Absolutely. Okay, so you keep talking about
0: this son of yours, and I'm sure we're going to see pictures of him in the slideshow, but does this mean that you naturally had a child, or did you also adopt?
2: No, I naturally had Matthew. That's actually when I first started realizing that my condition was a bigger thing it wasn't a curable thing because I actually did start having like the ectopic beats and I did have one run of tachycardia that actually made me pass out at my job back then and I ended up in hospital and they had to take them a month early because my heart did start acting up and I was put on metropolol from probably five months pregnant onward. I was taken off after the pregnancy and I went kind of back to normal, but after the pregnancy I've always kind of had these ectopic beats until I've lost the 62 pounds. They're hardly ever there anymore. I've cut them down by 99%. 99%?
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, great. I
2: have I have one maybe every week instead of 30 a day.
0: <laughs> wow. That really is phenomenal, Carrie. Have Thank you. Dad- anyone else who has been able to take care of arrhythmias because my understanding was that doctors believed that most of the arrhythmias that adult survivors contract come from scar tissue built up on the heart. So that would have nothing to do with how much you weigh.
2: Right, right. And I realized that and I don't know if I'm just lucky or an exception to the rule, but I mean, they still happen. They still happen. Unfortunately, I hope I can talk about this. They happen the most around my monthly cycle. So I'm guessing it's hormonal. Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, like they've not been around. And I think it was my heart struggling because of the weight.
0: Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, this should inspire other CHD survivors because I'm sure there are other CHD survivors who are hopefully listening to this program and who Mm -hmm. think that there is nothing that they can do. And all of a sudden they hear your story and maybe... If they start with something simple like walking, and like changing yep. their diet, because it's not like you only did one thing. No. You kind of a snowball effect. You started with the walking, and if I'm not mistaken, you also started making some changes to your diet. You paid attention to your salt intake,
2: and yes, the success yep.
0: you get, was success.
2: Or yes, yes, you get yeah, more success. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I cut out like I mean, I remember I ate. A box of rice aroni one night because it was easy to make. Mm-hmm. And I sat on that couch and I couldn't breathe after that. I could not breathe after eating that. And the salt in that, one cup of that, was 1,495 milligrams. And I had eaten a whole box out of convenience. Wow. So I have stopped all packaged foods. I eat clean. I treat myself to a burger once a week just for the craving, right? And mm-hmm. uh, stopped all sugary drinks. I only drink water and non-sweetened iced tea. And, yeah, yeah, quick coffee, quick caffeine. Wow.
0: I mean, you really did make a lot of changes. This is not just about walking or using the Fitness Pal app. This is a lot of different changes that you made. But it sounds like you went into it kind of gradually. It doesn't sound like you stopped everything cold turkey right away. Is that true?
2: No, that's right. That's right. I mean, I know this is a fight for my life. It's like Mm -hmm. a fight for, like, any other disease has, Mm -hmm. congenital heart defects. You're fighting to stay healthy and to stay alive, and I will fight as long as I have the fight in me now. I won't give up anymore.
0: Well, good for you, Carrie. So that brings me to our last question. I cannot believe how fast this interview has gone. It has been so much to you. But why don't you tell us, what advice you have for other adults who maybe are going through what you went through? They're feeling depressed. They feel like they've lost control of their lives, and they're helpless to do anything about it. What advice would you offer them, Carrie?
2: Well, I would say that you need to commit to love yourself and take care of yourself. You need to put yourself first. It's not a selfish thing. You need to remove yourself from bad situations, and you need to take care of your body, eat right, Keep moving. Don't just sit there, and things will work out really well.
0: I love that. Don't just sit there. Get up. Move. Moving is so important. But I also love what you said about committing to love yourself. I think it's so easy for people to get into these negative self-talk cycles where they feel worthless, and then they tell themselves they're worthless, and then they just feel helpless to do anything. What you're saying is get up. Yeah, get up, move. Remember that you're a person worth loving. You're a person worth saving. And it sounds to me like if you can remind yourself all the amazing things you have to live for, then that will help you to want to take charge of your life. Am I right, Carrie?
2: Yes, definitely. Well, I just love all of that. I just love it. <laughs>
0: this radio show and when you get depressed just put Carrie on again and listen to her. Oh, that's sweet. Anna, can I say
2: one more thing? Absolutely. I just want to thank my employer, TJX Canada. Their business foundation is built on core values and they really care about their employees. They've been very supportive during the times I was my most ill and when we moved into our new building, they had built a gym for their associates and they encouraged me to use that gym. I started using it. My managers, the staff, and even the president cheered me on, and it drove me. And I owe them a big part of my success.
0: Oh my gosh, that is just so awesome. Well, yes, wow, what an amazing employer. And if that doesn't promote loyalty to that company, I don't know what would. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Wow. Well, so you said that someday you want to retire. I'm guessing this is a job that you'll retire from. I can't see you moving again. Can you, Carrie?
2: No, I love it there. It's amazing.
0: Wow. Well, I love it there, too, and I've never even seen it.
2: <laughs> Thank oh, you. Yes. It. I
0: think, wow, I'd like to go visit that place. How awesome is that, that the employer... If you're
2: ever in Mississauga, Ontario, you come see me and I'll show you one heck of a workplace.
0: Okay, that sounds like it is. Okay. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your experience and advice with us. This has been an amazing show.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, folks, I can't believe it, but that our time is up. So that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show on Blood Talk Radio and Spreaker and help us by sharing information about this radio show with others. You never know who you're going to touch and who needs to hear some of the positive stories that we've been able to promote with the radio show. Congenital, hard to fix, touch people all over the globe. But remember, my friends, you are not alone.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host Anna Jaworski can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time. We'll talk again next week.